Welcome to this episode of UMBC's Miked Up Podcast. My name is Denise Cardona from the Office of Professional Programs. Today, we are joined by a graduate of the IO Psychology Graduate Program, Spencer Haffey. And we are going to be chatting about the world of IO Psychology and how the program helped to prepare him for his current role. We hope that you enjoy this episode. Welcome, Spencer. It's fantastic to have you here today to talk about the IO Psychology program and your experience with it. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so I love to hear from my guests what is happening in your life. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe the path that you took professionally in getting to UMBC, <laughs> and then maybe at this point you've graduated now, correct? Yeah, I mean, how much time do you have? Um, <laughs> so uh, I had a undergrad degree in psychology from a uh, place called, well, I had mostly finished at a, a place called Messiah University, um, but we had to, we couldn't pay for that anymore. So I actually did finish undergrad at UMBC at USG, um, just like two, two, maybe three semesters. Um, it was three because some classes didn't transfer. Uh, anyway, I had a, <laughs> I had sort of an abortive career in uh, neuropsychology, uh, including a position at the um, uh, the medical center in Baltimore and the neurology lab there. Um, but decided that wasn't for me, and and then I had a friend who was in the master's program at. UMBC at USG. So I did research and I, I applied. There you go. Awesome. So I'm um, so it's, I'm really curious because neuropsychology, that's what you were attempting at first. And you're like, oh, this really is not mm -hmm. at all for me. Yeah. I, I'm curious as to how you how how quickly you came to that assessment, because it's so important to come to that quickly. assessment. Yeah. Yeah. Quickly. Well, I'm <laughs> thinking. Um, so I had, it was a research assistant position at the medical center um, in Baltimore, I think, I want to say three years. And that was a little bit, I had it, I got it during undergrad and then sort of got a little bit of a promotion, you know, once I got my degree in undergrad. Um, so yeah, about three years or so. Uh, and I would say unlike IO psychology, um, you can't really do much with a master's in that field. You kind of have to go all the way. And I just, my PI um, and everyone else was, no one seemed super happy. <laughs> everyone was very miserable at that place. And I was just like, I don't think that this is for me. I don't have, and I kept, I kept hearing you need passion to pursue a PhD. So. Yeah. Uh, I think it's so there. important to be able to come to that determination early on. I, I've been through a couple of different career treks myself uh, before I landed at UMBC doing this role. And before that, I, I was in a whole bunch of different types of industries. And you know pretty sure, right, right, pretty, pretty early on when you're in a place that does not feel right, that doesn't, I guess, match your personality mm -hmm. and your values, your beliefs, uh, the, the way 
just your, the way you want to be able to operate in the world. And it's a good yeah. thing to be able to recognize that because a lot of people don't recognize that. And they spend years, sometimes a whole lifetime in a career that was never suited for them. And mm -hmm. kudos to you for finding that out early on <laughs> and for landing Relatively in psychology. <laughs> well, we all have to go through, you know, we have to go through different pathways yeah. and sometimes it takes us, you know, sometimes it's not a quick 5k, but it might be a 10k or a marathon before we actually see the, the, the sites on the side of the road that indicate you're going the wrong way. <laughs> like you need to stop mm -hmm. and do a detour and, and try this again. Um, yeah. So that's fantastic. Can you tell me a little bit about <laughs> what you're doing now though? And, and now that you've graduated, <laughs> what are you doing? What's your current role? Yeah. So, okay. So I cut my history off. So I, I am at UMBC USG with the masters. Um, I get, um, through, uh, some help I had from actually USG. Uh, I get an internship, uh, working with police and fire doing, um, uh, promotional like tests. And then through that, I get my current position, which I've had for about four years. I was actually hired before I graduated, like just a couple months before, which made for a really rough couple months <laughs> at the very end there, finishing up a capstone <laughs> and also trying to learn how to do a, a professional job. Um, yeah, so my current position, uh, the technical title is uh, Human Capital Senior Analyst. And it is with a company called Avantgarde. Um, that company has two sort of, I don't know what we call them, but like divisions, if you will, where they do federal placement contracting of just, they need more bodies to do different HR functions. And then the wing that the division that I belong to is uh, more of the consulting side where we have contracts, you go in and you do, you're, you're there for a reason uh, also around human capital um, workforce planning, uh, things like that. Oh, that sounds like a really purposeful career and something that is, uh, well, well suited for somebody in the IO psychology world. Tell me, what is it that you love about what you do on a daily basis? I mean, because there might be people who are viewing this video on YouTube or listening to it on a podcast player, and maybe they have no idea what IO, IO psychology even is, mm. or mm -hmm. maybe they just, they're on the fence. They're like, I've heard about yeah. it. I'm not sure if it's for me. Could you, what would you say to somebody like that? Well, someone who's considering IO as a field, I would say it's like, it's wildly broad. So I think the path that I took is one that a lot of people try to take. And I, uh, if you can excuse not being humble for a second, it's pretty hard to get these kind of positions that I have. There aren't that many of them, just it's a numbers game. Um, but there are some, especially if you're going to like bigger box, you know, big companies. Um, I Avantgarde is small and I prefer that. But back to the question, I would say uh, IO psychology is great. It is very broad and that's good. That means, you know, as I was uh, attending, I attended PSYOP and that's where I, like the year that I graduated and that's where I got the interviews that landed me this position. Um, you know, I was thinking, okay, I want to do this consulting. I want to apply to one of these types of positions, but also I'm thinking, what else can I do? Like what else makes sense? Like for me personally, I had taken uh, three stats courses 
um, three master's stats courses. And I also had really enjoyed some assessment stuff. So I was like, I'm going to apply for this lane, this consulting lane. And then also I'm going to look at like assessment positions and then data analysis was kind of the fallback after that. And is if you can network well and you're good at selling yourself, the skills that you get are really broad and can like look good on, you can twist them to look good on paper for so many different kinds of things. I think that's really appealing for a lot of people because uh, I, I would think that if you're, you're, if you're going to grad school and you're really focusing in on a, a career track and if it's too niche, you might feel a little hesitant about making that investment in your time and your, your money, mm -hmm. of course, uh, because you never know at the end if it's going to be really what you want. But it sounds like with Iowa Psychology and with a, with a few other programs, we have it here at UMBC in the professional program sector, it's, it's broad enough where that allows you that freedom to be able to explore different avenues and it doesn't sideline you or, you know, t tunnel you into a specific groove you're allowed to maneuver and, and, and journey around that. Uh, I, I think, you know, mm -hmm. so I was, an, I was a communications major in my undergrad studies and that was so broad. And sometimes I thought, oh my gosh, this is too broad because I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> I don't know what I want to <laughs> do when I grow up, when I graduate. And some people might be feeling that way too, even with a graduate program. And, but I think that the thing that's important that I would say to people like that is, you never know what's going to be coming up in the world. So when it comes to yeah. psychology, you never know with technology and the way the world is advancing, AI and, and data and things of that sort, what jobs are not, are not there yet that will eventually just pop up. And so having mm -hmm. a broad sort of centered mm -hmm. mentality like that is a benefit in that respect because the world is constantly changing so fast, right? And, you just never know. And yeah. so it gives you that ability to be able to, I guess, enhance those skills and build those skills in different ways. Speaking of skills, my next question is. <laughs> Smooth. In, yeah, I know. What a segue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, speaking of skills and knowledge <laughs> and abilities and things like that, what mm -hmm. kind are necessary in what you are doing currently in your role? So first, let me say what I'm doing currently is, I won't go into specifics because I'm not allowed to, but uh, I'm working with, right now I have two contacts with Department of Transportation and the big one is we're doing competency modeling, which I've done in the past as well. Um, but we're also doing some workforce planning um, and we're doing some sort of strategic human capital planning. And so that sort of there's sort of several several I see three really main domains of skills you need. Uh, one is the technical, and this is what I think people think of. You think of you need to know how to do like a job task analysis, or all you need to know all the jargon. You need to have things like career pathing, diversity equity laws, all those kinds of things. Uh, and those are important. Not to say they're not important. I would say if you're aiming for something on the consulting side, it's more important to have sort of a base and then be able to learn. So almost like the, the skill is the ability, ability to learn. Um, and of course I can only speak to, you know, my company and, and, and my network, but it seems to me like, like early and even some mid-level sort of career consultants aren't really expected to know all these things they're expected to know enough to like go back home and then know the rest. Right. Yeah. 
So, and that's perfect for the, you know, for the USG program that I went to, it was like, well, there were some exceptions, but it's generally one class for a sort of domain. Like I took one class on job analysis and one class on, well, I took three on statistics, but that was my choice. I didn't have to do that, <laughs> but that's enough to give you that base. And if you can cultivate skills of learning things as well and be able to research and be able to um, figure things out on your own, then I would almost say the technical knowledge is like a backdrop. It's like not quite as useful as those soft skills. Uh, and that also includes quite a lot of uh, Microsoft products. Uh, that feels like an obvious thing to say in today's day and age, but it really, really, really helps. And I mean, I would say the base level of competency you need with those is pretty high and even more scale is even more useful and can make you more useful to people. And also like sort of workflow, like very related to the products, but also how you manage your time and how you uh, make sure nothing gets dropped because you'll be in meetings and someone will just mention something, but you're supposed to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, and then the last thing is communication skills and like sort of planning skills and, and client interaction. Um, professionalism is very important. Um, because it's kind of hit or miss. You go with different clients and someone will get you into a room and say, tell me, you know, they'll talk about whatever they did over the weekend. Others will be just business and you need to be able to match that. Yeah, I have those interpersonal skills to be able to. And I think a lot of people are hesitant about that. They, they, they fear that they lack that kind of communication avant-garde, mm -hmm. if you will, to be able to walk into a room and, <laughs> and network with people. I, I feel like I've been that person in the past as well walking into a room, not knowing anybody and striking up a conversation in a professional manner to network can be daunting, I think, for some people. Yeah. Is that something? Yeah. And so in your networking experience, because I'm sure you've been into networking situations like that, what would be what's one thing that works for you that helps you oh, if you boy. walk into a place you don't know anybody? <laughs> I share that that sort of hesitance. I, I mean, I did network. I just didn't enjoy it. <laughs> It was, you know, I mean, the, the concept of walking in, I mean, those are just interpersonal skills. Like think of something that you have in common. Uh, I liked, I did networking at SIOP with the booths that were like about something. It was a company that does this thing. And then you talk about the thing, like, you know, um, I, I would say I'm not very good at walking into a room um, and just talking to random people. Uh, you kind of just make yourself do it. And then, it works more than you think it is. It's, it's the threshold. I would say to those that are anxious, the threshold of success is so much lower than you think it is. <laughs> and you know, it's such, that's such a good point, Spencer, because I think that a lot of people feel like when you walk into a room and you see other people in there that they all, they have it all together. They're all confident. They feel there's no nerves. They're all comfortable. And you're the only one who feels like you are walking on eggshells with trepidation in your heart. I received really great advice one time, a long time ago from somebody, because I was very shy in walking into rooms and talking with people that I didn't know. And she said, you know, my goal when I walk into a room, whether it's a, a baby shower or a networking event, is I find somebody who looks more uncomfortable or at least equally <laughs> uncomfortable as I do. Somebody who's by yeah. themselves, maybe staring at, you know, pretending to eat or, you know, just trying to look around, go up to that person and make them feel comfortable. That's the goal. 
And I thought that's really great advice. And I, I've used that. I've used that from time to time when yeah. I found myself in that situation where I'm like, all right. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's all about finding those mm -hmm. tips and tricks in life to get yourself out there. I was going to say the the reverse. I love I love that, and that is good. You sort of and I've done that. You form the sort of group of people that don't want to talk to anyone else, and then you that is in it of itself a network, and then you might attract other people. Also, you can talk to the kind of person who <laughs> sounds to me just kind of wants to hear themselves talk. You'll hear them talk a lot, and the conversation is easier with them as someone who um, has gotten put a lot of work to be able to talk to people. And, and, you know, I, <laughs> I was uh homeschool growing up. So I took a lot of social skills development over the last like decade. Um, but yeah, that's another person you can walk up to. I like that idea because not only does that help you as the person who might feel hesitant, but it also is something that you can build your listening, active listening skills, right. To be able mm -hmm. to let someone just talk and, and add in open-ended questions here and there to get them to continue to talk. And then yeah. they walk away and they like, wow, that person was a great conversationalist and you didn't have yeah. to say much more than two sentences. <laughs> and you're flattering them. And then they'll, maybe they'll think about you next time something happens. Right. Exactly. You you build, build professional relationships that way. Now you mentioned PSYOP a few times. I, I know what it is, but uh, maybe people listening don't know what it is. So what oh, is sure. it? The Society for Industrial Organizational Psychology. Yeah, that's just it. Yeah, that's what it is. That's the professional organization used as a short term for the annual conferences, of which I went to several. Um, haven't been the last couple of years, I'll admit, although I think they were virtual for a while. Um, but if you're, I mean, they're useful generally, but if you're looking to, to network and that's the push you need to do in life right now, then that might be worth uh, checking out. Absolutely. All right, good. That's, that's good to know. Now, I know it's been four years since you've graduated from our program. Can you talk about how, if you can remember back, what prepare, what yeah. did the program, how did the program prepare you for what you're doing at this point? My memory is not the greatest, but I do remember a few things about the uh, IO psychology master's program. I went to the University of Shady Grove, like you said, four years ago. Strongest thing I remember is the emphasis on sort of real life contact, so to speak. So we had, there's the capstone project, which is like a big thing that everyone knows about. And you can sort of dial into those at the end of each semester, if you'd like. And the, you know, they help with that. They help you, they help find placement. If you haven't, if you haven't be able to find something through your network or through an internship or whatever you have, but they require you to go and do a project very much in the consulting style which is what I have now. And it was very helpful to prepare me for that. Uh, do that project with uh, something in the real world. So I worked with, and I, I, I apologize, I can't remember the name of the firm, but it was a very small uh, consulting firm. Uh, and we worked with a government division of a division of a division <laughs> that I also, I do remember them, but I'm not allowed to say what they are. But we worked with them and it was a really eye-opening experience. And it wasn't just the capstone. There were a couple of other times where you also had final projects that were going out into the world and doing a thing for an actual organization, like doing something that helps them actually and talking to stakeholders and learning clients how to speak to them and, and how to gather the requirements you need to get the job done. And that was excellent. I appreciate that a lot more than 
Um, not that there isn't textbooks, of course there are, but I appreciate it a lot more than that. That dovetails into the other thing, which is a program where they pair you with professionals who each each professional has, you know, two or three or four mentees and uh, you just meet with them and there's like a little report that you write. But it was very helpful. Uh, shout out to uh, Frederick Panzer. I don't know. I think he's moved companies a couple of times, so I'm not going to say where he works, but um, that was very helpful and helped you be able to answer questions that you're you weren't sure about. That's fantastic to be able to have that professional that's in the field, doing the work, being able to shadow them or ask them questions and get a feel for what the real world is like out there uh, day to day. I would imagine yeah. that's really helpful. And, you know, you mentioned the the capstone. That sounds like it is a really great experience to be able to, like you said, get that applied hand on hands on real world application because reading from a textbook mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. taking quizzes and it has their plate has its place, but it's that whole application of what you learned is really what cements that knowledge into place yeah. and puts it into muscle memory. And it also allows you the opportunity to be able to find your lane, right. To be able to say, Oh, yeah. I, you know, if you're doing an internship or you're doing a capstone or a project for a class, you're able to say, you're able to kind of feel through and see, what you like and what maybe it's not really, yeah, maybe that's not the pathway for me, but, oh, I really like this one. So sounds like it's a great opportunity for students to be able to explore, explore their journey. Mm-hmm. And yeah. ask questions. It's very important. And ask questions. Absolutely. Yeah. And one last question I have for you is what was your biggest takeaway from the program? One of the few classes that I like 100% remember that I took without looking at a transcript um, was uh, job analysis uh, with Dr. Lassen. And that one was very good. There was a little bit of that real world component. Um, it might have helped that it was a summer course for me personally, that condensation of the of the coursework into, I want to say a month and a half, I forget exactly, was really helpful. And the content, the, the technical um, process of a job analysis has to do with competencies as well. That's sort of the end product, or in some in some cases, depends on, depends on how you do it. But uh, that led directly for me, for my curiosity um, to apply to my internship, which then was very much cited by my current position. So it was both enjoyable and helpful, um, that class job analysis. Oh, that's fantastic. That's great. The thing that I like the most about my job uh, in the field of IO psychology, I would say is the huge sort of variety of things that you do. There's always a baseline of skill that you need, but so many different, wildly different projects on um, different timescales, doing so many different things with different clients. It's very fascinating. It never stops to be fascinating. Okay, so now what I like to do at the end of each podcast, I love to ask a couple of just general professional development type questions for our <laughs> listeners, because, you know, that's what we're all about in at UMBC's in the UMBC's division of professional programs is, is professional development. And so one of those is, you know, what would you say is your favorite book? So too hard to pick just one. The classic answer is Lord of the Rings. That that was me, um, uh, very much as a as a child growing up with that. Then I would just mention two other series. One is the Malazan Book of the Fallen, 
which is very high fantasy, um, very tough to read. He doesn't give anything away. He's just like, this is what happens in the scene and you have to figure out everything else. It's very difficult, but it's so rewarding. Um, and then the Broken Earth trilogy. But that one's by N.K. Jemison and Malzin is by uh, Steven Erickson. Awesome. Great. Critical thinking. That's, you know, what it sounds like it inspires is critical thinking, which is so important. <laughs> All reading really inspires that critical thinking aspect. Um, what would you say is the greatest piece of advice that you received? I would say sort of trying to find the mix of what you want in life. So you need to be able to pursue a position with that sort of professionalism, always appearing professional. And recognizing that networking is useful, but it can't stand alone. You also need to be competent. And I think there's this sort of thought out there of some people would say, oh, it's all about who you know. And then some people would, you know, shirk at that and say, oh, if you're just really good, someone will hire you. Well, the unfortunate answer is it's both. So do both. <laughs> you got to know what you're talking about and be able to sound like you know what you're talking about. Um, but man, it really helps to know a few people. Yeah. One last question. What do you wish you learned sooner in life? Oh my God. I wish I had learned about IO sooner. <laughs> I, yeah. Like I said, the whole neurology thing, it took a while and I'm very happy with where I am now. Uh, honestly, it's a minor regret, but like, I wish I had started sooner. Excellent. Excellent answer mm -hmm. for this particular podcast being about biopsychology <laughs> and all, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Spencer, this has been really fun. I've enjoyed this conversation. Yeah. A lot of insights shared, and I appreciate that you came on here and, and shared those yeah. insights with us. It was really great to have you. Thank you. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Wonderful. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of UMBC's Mic'd Up podcast. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to learn more about our offerings, search for UMBC IO Psychology Graduate Program. Or if you're viewing this in a video format, scan the QR code on the screen.